Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, David. I am very pleased to have with me today, Jason and Diana. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. So today's discussion and today's case study, which we're going to be mentioning, is essentially defending a secular view of nature. Frederick Turner wrote, suppose the Grand Canyon were man-made. It could have been formed though it wasn't, by agriculture or industrial erosion. The results of poor farming methods can look very similar. Artificial badlands, if on a smaller scale. Would this hideous scar on the fair face of Earth still be a national park? Would anyone visit it other than the groups of odd school children studying environmental destruction, absorb the dreadful lesson of what can happen to a desert raped by human exploiters? Strip mining can produce spectacular and dramatic landscapes. W.H. Auden loved the lead mining landscapes of Cornwall above all others, the evocative and aromatic hillsides of the Mediterranean with their olive sage thymes and dwarf conifers are a result of centuries of deforestation, goat herding, and the building of roads and cities. If aesthetic appreciation is one of the appearance of things, must a man-made Grand Canyon be a hideous scar on the face of the earth? Can it be rather as beautiful and as aspiring as the original? If not, must the evocative and aromatic hillside of the Mediterranean be seen as somewhat less beautiful when understood in the light of their origin in human exploitation? To Frederick Turner Moore, uh, information of the case study. Frederick Turner was an American whose prime was during Manifest Destiny. And his whole theory of the frontier thesis signifies that the Midwest essentially had a strong influence on American democracy and the American character. His work has been argued to have an enormous effect on historical scholarship sometime during the Midwest. Turner made his frontier thesis after being influenced by a geologist. The thesis supported the emergence of American characteristics while occurring due to civilization and the savagery of Western wildness. As for W.H. Auden, Auden wrote a couple poems about man's relation to nature. Auden would use landscapes to describe human psychological states. Yeah, Frederick Turner, he was born in November 14th, 1861. So this is right around the time or nearing the end of Manifest Destiny, but a lot of Americans still had this ideology that they were meant to expand towards the West. And this included the Grand Canyon. During when the Grand Canyon was first surveyed, it was surveyed by Ferdinand Hayden, and he took with him a painter called Thomas Morin. And one of the things that this painter did was, well, he did many paintings of the Grand Canyon, one of the most famous ones being the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. And something that this painting was able to do was before the Grand Canyon was known as the Coulter's Hell because of the hot springs that it had and the smell of sulfur. It just, it wasn't viewed as something um, pleasant or beautiful back then like it is today. But after many of these paintings were released, um, it went from being known as Coulter's Hell to Wonderland. And a lot of people's perspective during the time changed. And we can see how that change has gone all the way up to present time now. It's a national park and landmark of the United States. So including the Grand Canyon and Yellowstone Park, in accordance with Frederick Turner's Frontier Thesis, how would you, how would you say that those two landmarks are viewed in American society? Is it a form of art for us or could it be a form of art for, you know, other people outside of Americans and the United States? Well, I think now 
it's definitely viewed as a landmark and appreciated all around as many famous landscapes are. In the book, it gave the examples of the mountain views uh, before they were seen as rugged or anxiety-inducing or just all of these peaks would bring obstacles to commerce. So it definitely wasn't seen as something beautiful. But after some poets were able to visit the kingdom and they they came from an outsider with an outsider's perspective and they were able to see them as something beautiful and they wrote about them, how majestic they saw them. And after they went down to, you know, the residence of where this mountain, where this mountain range was and um, spreading their views, basically, it changed the, the view overall. Like everyone was able to see the beauty in these mountain ranges. And this only, this was due because of an outsider's point of view. So I think um, for, for many, it's a thing of um, seeing something for the first time. Like when we're used to seeing something for so long, we might not see the beauty in it anymore, but then some, somebody new comes along and sees it for the first time and they think it's the prettiest thing they've ever seen or just like these poets did. And to continue with uh, Frederick Turner's point before we move on to Auden. So as you know, and as I stated, Frederick Turner was basically in his prime during the time of Manifest Destiny. So during this time, he primarily specialized in the West. So Grand Canyon, and as you said, the Yellowstone. Now, although these two are more natural um, American landmarks, would you consider any other landmarks or would you consider for example, these two to be in association with the American spirit, kind of, since you said, you know, they used to paint about rugged mountains and all that. Uh, the American idea and culture is kind of based on, you know, being rugged and tough, especially during the time of Manifest Destiny when everything was wild. So would you consider that Yellowstone and the Grand Canyon and any other landmarks in the United States compare between um you know, is it American? Is it an American identity? Does it directly correlate to something American just because it's natural or does it have to be a man-made thing for it to be considered, you know, a cultural relevance? I think there there are a lot of um, man-made kind of landscapes or in the United States, a man-made landscape that we come to appreciate is Mount Rushmore. It was um, sculpted into a side of a mountain. And we see it now in modern time as something beautiful that many people, many tourists go to see. And it is man-made. It's not caused naturally by erosion. Um, I think something that affects um, people's uh, viewpoint of, or their perspective on what is beautiful and what is not beautiful is they take um, different, many different things into, into account. Like um, in, in our book and the beauty of the aesthetic experience, um, it gives another example of the Inca, of the Inca palace. So there's four different hikers that go see this, um, these ruins and of the Inca palace. And one of them thinks that it's beautiful and uh, after seeing it and then the others disagree and the reason they disagree is because they take into account the history they're like 
or or analyzing it like the visual aspect of it so they might think oh it's um it's a wonderful but it lacks the warmth and functional humanity that makes things beautiful or the others take into account its past and they're like oh yeah it is it is a uh, grand and beautiful but i can't come to appreciate it because it was built by it was built on the back of slaves and they did it for the glorification of you know the the emperors or the elite back then so because of this past they can't find it beautiful so i think um like once many people just have different aspects that they take into account when deciding if something is beautiful or not so and especially with i think it um this happens more with man-made um landmarks because it depends like for mount rushmore even though it is like a really um huge sculpture basically that and it's uh sculpture naturally into a mountainside people might take into account the past like oh it was built on sacred native american land so i can't come to appreciate it or they might take into account the sculptures themselves um the sculptors were gutson burglum and they were gutson burglum and his son and they were deeply involved with the ku klux klan so they could be like oh yeah it is a good piece of art but i can't appreciate it or i don't find it as beautiful because um the people who created it were bad people so i think it just depends on the people and what they take into account when measuring something's beauty okay so i guess to continue on that cuz that's that's rather interesting so as you know audience states that most landscapes to humans are simply seen as some sort of description of their psychological states and you mentioned how essentially from what i got from that which i don't know if later on you'd like to clarify is that our when it comes to landmarks if they're natural or man made is kind of based on the culture surrounding it so you mentioned stuff how mount rushmore and most places like that you know they could be built by slaves or built by ku klux klan members or supported by them or you know you're never going to make everyone truly happy so to in it to continue with audin's point is that a landscape you know rather if it's as i said man made or natural is still it helps describe a psychological state so would you say that things like so in comparison mount rushmore which is man made do you think that was made with the intention of you know celebrating um slave owners in a way or celebrating uh good presidents or something like that or do you see this some sort of idolization of them some sort of history compared to mount rushmore what what significance does mount rushmore have in the american society what significance does it have in the american society besides oh it's just you know a giant hole in the ground is there a significance between both of them that can be some sort of psychological factor that compares it to i think uh again it just depends i it wasn't made um you know just because it had maybe somebody that wasn't so good sculpting it you know he wasn't making it in um displaying his views or or like i mentioned the about the example in the text it wasn't 
glorifying, you know, the use of slaves back then when the Inca palaces were made. It just happens to be the history behind it, but it wasn't very like the goal or what the artists at that time were trying to achieve. So to clarify the question that I just asked, um, to make it simpler for the audience and for you to understand, it's basically, is the history, so would the history of a man-made object compared to a natural object, such as the Grand Canyon, have a difference in how it's perceived in its specific culture or how it's perceived by, by others? Well, I think, like I said before, that would just dep depends. Um, you know, something that was said in the in the chapter was that art is subjective. So, you know, some people would take into account that history, or if of a man-made, for example, a man-made uh, um, landmark, like oh, well, this was built on this the back of slaves, like I said before, for the Inca Palace or the history of who made it, they would take all of that into account when when, um, when seeing if something is beautiful or not for them. While others would just uh, take it in like visually, the visual aspect of it. Well, it's just beautiful as it is. Like we don't need to think about how it was. So I think it just depends um, for the Grand Canyon, especially. Um, not only does it depend on whether, you know, on who's perceiving it and how they're perceiving it, it could also change like how it did before. Before it was just seen as, it was natural. The Grand Canyon was natural. The, the Yellowstone Park was natural. It was natural landscape, but they saw it as ugly because they were just seeing all um, the, the not as pretty parts or the worst aspects of the park. They didn't like the sulfur smell. They didn't like the hot springs. But then when they were when they saw it in a painting form from from this from the painter from the Tom, Thomas Morin's paintings and like just seeing it visually without you know in a painting you you're not smelling you're not there you're not smelling the sulfur you're not feeling you're not feeling the heat from the hot springs um you're just seeing it visually um it changed the way these people viewed, viewed it they all just saw it as something um pretty so much that they changed the name to Wonderland. And then from that idea, it grew to be now considered a um, national park and a landmark of the US. So it definitely depends, you know, um, the person, what it is that they're taking into account and just how easily um, people's perceptions could change. Okay. And it, so kind of to continue that, bringing Auden into this again. So Auden has this, kind of idea and I guess a lot of people would say he has some sort of favorite artwork which is well not artwork considered um more like a natural a man-made place considered the Cornwall lead mining um area and he describes this place very descriptively by saying you know it's aromatic uh he talks about the the mountain and the goats and other and everything and to him you can you can obviously tell that to him this mining this man-made mining place is considered pretty special to him and to him you would say it's considered art now to someone other than that to someone other besides Auden a mining ruin wouldn't really be considered art it wouldn't be considered something that special so do you think that there's any sort of connection between 
someone's personal connection to what is what they consider art or what they consider something so so for example the kids who go visit the grand canyon do you think that they maybe consider it art because it's something that's been taught to them or they consider it art because they've you know it's like an experience that they had they they've been there they've seen it or do you think art is something more subjective something more that it's just it's either art or it's not there's no opinions on it um well what i what you said about the school children i think um it i mean it's just up from up to from one individual to another um they have been taught that that is important landscape but even still people are still have their own opinions and they might see it as well i don't like I don't agree, and I don't see what other people see. It's just a very um, uh, personal opinion. And what you were saying about um, the school children was interesting because I had a question for you, um, similar to that one. If you thought if the Grand Canyon were man-made, and now all of these school children coming, if they were now it's being analyzed, you know, for its ecosystem and also its beauty and, and the last the landscaping and everything if it would still be taught that way or it would just they would just see it as um you know oh well this is due to environmental destruction and just avoid kind of the aesthetic part of it and just see the past behind it well this is uh this site is here because you know humans were were digging here and made this the deforestation was caught was was prominent here and it was that was the cause for for this grand canyon well i I believe i believe that for me something man-made now obviously this is my personal opinion but for me something man-made would be considered art but based on the history of it and in some way based on who is seeing it so for those school children right now with everything going on in the world, maybe in a hundred years, people might view the Grand Canyon as some sort of, you know, the last remaining or the Grand Canyon, you know, as something natural, like the last natural thing remaining on earth. But maybe in a hundred years from now, people won't see it like that. People would just see it as something out of the ordinary, something that was claimed because who knows, maybe something might happen they might put some sort of connotation on that so it's art is something that can be it can be flipped around it can be it, I, I believe it's based on who sees it which is why for in Auden's case how for him as i said previously the lead mining ruins for him were it was this amazing it was this amazing spot this amazing you know he loved it he remembered everything and I'm pretty sure if you put one of those, you know, Grand Canyon kids in the Cornwall mining, in the Cornwall mines, they're not going to see it the same. They're just going to think it's some stinky, you know, mountainside mining area. They're not going to have any connection to it. So since you asked me that question and I gave my opinion on it, and I guess I want to hear your opinion on it now. Do you think that what is considered beautiful? So what is considered beautiful in art? Is there a difference between something man-made and natural-made? 
to you or something beautiful to have like there's something beautiful you need to have some type of history some type of connotation as i believe it is or do you think it's something that just people symbolize and idolize or if it's just some sort of free flowing everyone has their own separate thoughts on what is art type of thing um well i think everyone does have their you know uh, everyone just takes different factors into uh, mind or you just have different factors of how they measure beauty um the question you asked before um i think that some people just um completely disregard like background information maybe on whatever whatever artwork or whatever landscape whatever natural work. they just completely disregard the background about it and it doesn't doesn't bother them since it's not something that they're that they're factoring in when measuring beauty it's completely um on a visual sense or whether it's aesthetically pleasing or not it doesn't affect them um of how they're viewing like like Auden for example um for if people were to take into mind if you were to take into mind you know its whole history how exactly it was created it's well it's lead mining ruins and it was created on the hillsides of the Mediterranean and here it happened as a result of centuries of deforestation there was goat herding there um now buildings and roads and cities were built around it so something that's not necessarily um you know a form of art was not it was just um as that as that city progressed and that area progressed um he didn't it didn't really seem like he took that um history into account but all he's seeing is visually all how these ruins look to him are are pleasing because he he really does enjoy them a lot and you can tell when the way that he describes it he takes he calls it the evocative and aromatic hillsides of the mediterranean um so i think it just depends you know clearly for him it wasn't the the history behind it or whatever connotation it may have is not very important when considering whether it was beautiful or not and i'm the mean the same thing could be said uh for the grand canyon it, if it were man made it would just depends if if that individual is taking into account its history um as a factor of you know measuring beauty well if somebody were to take that into account they would they would probably wouldn't see it as beautiful they would think about oh all of the you know all of the deforestation all of the digging all of everything that the humans are making like it's not the same as um if it were natural and they were still taking into account its history they were they were like oh it's natural that's just how the earth is after so many years and you know also if if um they were to completely disregard the history like it would also again affect um their perception if they were to completely disregard the history and you're suddenly like people who are traveling up up to the um yeah people who were traveling west and discovered that who didn't already live there such as native americans um if they're coming from mountainside uh, mountainside and um you know thick forests and a completely different landscape and they were they suddenly run, run into this giant canyon and they don't know how or the history behind it or anything even though it's natural 
they might see it as um, like um, like Frederick Turner said, or it says a hideous scar on the fair face of the earth. So definitely, whether you take into account his background or not, and whatever other factors you take into account on whether something is beautiful or not affects it affects um, people's view of it, whether it's whether it's something beautiful or not. You know, some people just take it into account if it's aesthetically pleasing, and some don't. Okay, so then. History. So then I think, so very good points, but I think kind of to just start wrapping it up, is there, without getting too opinionated, without being too opinionated, do you think that there could be any factors on what is considered beautiful or what is considered ugly? Like, in addition to what you previously said, that can be kind of, if it's, if, if everyone perceives the same thing as beautiful or is everyone perceived the same thing as ugly or is there some type of everyone has their own opinions based on it. So it's for the Grand Canyon, in some case, some people might just see it as, you know, a dirty scar on the earth to others. to geologists, hikers, people who like that type of stuff, they may see it as something beautiful. So do you think there's some type of connection, some type of, difference like what do you think could be how do you think people perceive what is beautiful and what is ugly in their form of art is it something personal or something different well and that's similar to um what i said before it just it is just something up to the individual but those are some of the factors that some people might take into account not only the visual parts and whether it's aesthetically pleasing or the history behind it like you know who created it um like i said like we said at the very beginning of the podcast the, the example of the mount rushmore some people don't appreciate it as much because they take it into consideration oh the creator well he's a bad person he was affiliated with the kkk so um that's a factor that that some people take into account some don't they're like well that guy is alive anymore and this is just a piece of work that we're appreciating he's not here anymore so it doesn't matter um that's one factor another factor again just the history or what our main topic is about you know some people won't appreciate it as much um if it's man-made especially if it's something like man-made um that was caused you know that caused destruction uh natural to the natural landmarks or and was caused by industrial erosion um, that's another factor, you know, there are many different factors, I think. It's just, it is very, it is an individual opinion. Who takes it into account, who doesn't? Uh, beauty, I think, is different for everyone. So I think that answers that question. I think that answers every question. I, I think it's true. It's every, you know, from from WH into Frederick Turner and from the book and everything else that we've read I think it is pretty clear that art is different for everybody art is not something subjective that everyone you know can agree on what is art that is the beauty of art in a way that's the beauty of the Grand Canyon and with that I believe that is all our time I want to thank you for joining us so much today Danny and our 
engineer Jason. I really appreciate it. This concludes the Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious.